you are going to use something like this, these kinds of surveillance technologies that will allow you to monitor the movements of the entire city, um, then you need to have some kind of accountability program. Yeah, I think it's, it's just one of, it's a deeper issue of how do you develop trust in the community? I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. And before we move on, I want to remind you that the biggest source of St. Louis Public Radio's funding comes from listeners like you. Because you value what you hear on St. Louis on the Air, donate today. Go to stlpr.org donate. That's stlpr.org donate. It may feel like a year ago, but it was actually just Tuesday that the Public Safety Committee of the St. Louis Board of Aldermen voted to endorse a controversial aerial surveillance program. You may know it as the spy plane. That's the description of its critics. And if it's approved by the full board, it would lead to mass surveillance of the city in hopes of solving some of our violent crimes. Persistent Surveillance Systems CEO Ross McNutt was at Tuesday's Public Safety Committee meeting. And here's what he told the aldermen about how the program works. We provide an aircraft or a number of aircraft that fly over the city. We take very large pictures uh, at resolutions that allow us to just barely zoom in and see people on the ground leaving a crime scene or other parts of investigations and follow the vehicles and people to and from those locations past all the ground-based cameras. This is just an example of the people involved in a single shooting back in Baltimore in 2016. We then tie in with the uh, police dispatch, the ground-based cameras, the automatic license plate uh, readers, the city bus cameras, and ShotSpotter to make those systems that are already deployed much, much more effective. And that is Ross McNutt. He's the CEO of Persistent Surveillance Systems. And joining me today to talk about the political battle now surrounding this is Rebecca Rivas. She's a reporter for the Missouri Independent. Rebecca, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. So what sort of reaction and reception uh, did Ross McNutt get from the aldermen Tuesday at this committee meeting? Well, from the aldermen themselves, they voted six um, in favor and one voted no. Um, So I think overwhelmingly they were supportive of the program. And what they mentioned was that just in there, a a lot of these were um, aldermen that represent the North City wards. And they said, you know, it's just tearing their communities apart to have all of these murders and to see these young children and grandparents witnessing these murders. Um, So they're willing to really do anything that it takes to address that problem. Mm. So you have somebody like uh, Ross McNutt that says, here's this program we can offer you for free. Um, so I think there was just a lot of enthusiasm, except from um, one alderwoman. Okay, so one alderman voted against this. As you mentioned, this is free. I think it's it's worth mentioning where this money comes from. This is not Ross McNutt who's donating this. There, there's some private funds um, involved in this. Right. Yes, I think they're Texas philanthropists. Um, they're the Arnold Ventures. Um, so they were the ones that funded the Baltimore uh, six-month pilot program that just ended on October 31st. Um, so there, this is the, I guess there's a caveat there. I should say they have not agreed to pay for the St. Louis program. And in the bill 200, it says that they're looking for a funder. But Ross McNutt has said that he thinks they would 
they would be interested because Baltimore has ended their service and the mayor there has said that they do not plan on continuing the service in Baltimore. Okay. I want to talk more about Baltimore in just a moment. But first, I do want to open up our phone lines. I'm curious to hear if you out there listening, if you support um, the aerial surveillance plan that now some aldermen are saying we should bring this to St. Louis. You can call us at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air. Or you can email us at talk at STL Public Radio. Now, Rebecca, your site, this is the Missouri Independent. Uh, You guys published an op-ed from a Baltimore resident. This is from a guy named Kevin James. He's one of the people suing over the program there. They're waiting for the judge's ruling on whether this is constitutional. Um, What are some of the concerns that are coming out of Baltimore's experience? Well, I think just it's, it's a common concern that we're facing in the nation right now is just community trust. How do you build community trust in policing? And this, he believes, is one way that you don't do that. (laughs) He actually goes against that. And if you are going to use something like this, these kinds of surveillance technologies that will allow you to monitor the movements of the entire city, um, then you need to have some kind of accountability program, which is what I think the large part of the opponents were saying during the hearing. Um, There was about 24 people that spoke in opposition during the four and a half uh, hour uh, hearing on Tuesday, just saying, you know, okay, well, one of the things we learned in Baltimore is that there wasn't enough accountability. And there, this was actually one of the things that um, in that, in that um, program, the Arnold's actually paid for um, a policing project to, to oversee that accountability project. And they actually did, Um, It's the NYU School of Law Policing Project. They were kind of in charge of looking at civil rights and civil liberties. They actually did submit a a letter, an amicus brief in the uh, lawsuit um, saying that some of the things that the um, persistent surveillance services said were were not accurate. So um, there is something like that that's supposed to be included in this board bill. We just don't know who they have in mind of um, looking at that. So. It's interesting. So this nonprofit that was supposed to be keeping an eye on things in Baltimore, they came away with such concerns that they filed a friend of the court brief helping the people trying to stop this. Did CEO Ross McNutt address that at the hearing on Tuesday? Well, I think that was the interesting thing that some of the people, I mean, it, you know, at one of these hearings, there's you only have a few minutes to talk. So mm-hmm. I think people were kind of rapidly trying to get their points in. But um, the bill sponsor, Tom Olgen- Oldenburg, had mentioned that you know, he's trying to follow what NYU School of Law um, Policing Project has, has said needs to happen. But I think um, he did not mention that. So, um, you know, I think the other part of this is that when they're saying we want accountability, there some of the things that they want are already being addressed in Board Bill 95, which is sponsored by um, Annie Rice, mm-hmm. elder woman Annie Rice. And before that, it was sponsored by Terry Kennedy, um, who used to be the leader of the Aldermanic Black Caucus, and he also head up the Public Safety Committee for many years. So there's been a long effort to try to get some kind of a, a change in our current privacy law in St. Louis City that would allow for more accountability, but it's been consistently pushed back on. Even to yesterday, the 
um, police chief, John Hayden, sent a letter to the board saying that he is in opposition to board bill 95 because he um, feels like it doesn't give them enough flexibility to to um, use surveillance technologies. So, now, uh, sorry, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just want to get one more piece about Annie Rice's bill is that it would establish a civilian oversight board that um, would meet. And so it's just, again, this uh, this debate of civilian oversight that we've seen time and time again in St. Louis City. Yeah, so Alderman Rice's bill, this would put some checks on the system. But at this point, what passed out of this committee six to one, this does not include um, the, the things in her separate bill. Is that correct? Right. And so unless her bill passes before his bill is signed into law, then he he would not have to um, come under some of these guidelines. Um, And one of them would be to establish some kind of surveillance um, plan that he would have to present publicly. Okay, so there's sort of dual bills moving forward at this point. And if this one right. that, that you saw pass out of committee on Tuesday, um, if this one gets made into law first, some of these privacy complaints could be left on, by the wayside. Right. So, uh, and so Annie Rice's bill passed out of committee in July, but it has been, they, it has not been moved forward since then. So I think it's on the perfection calendar. Um, so there's some things that need to be addressed in there, but I guess I'll just reiterate that there's been many years that these concerns have been trying to, to be addressed and even by somebody with such a great reputation as Terry Kennedy. Um, so I I guess I'm, I'm not sure how much more we need to talk it out, you know, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it's, it's just one of, it's a deeper issue of how do you develop trust in the community and if people are asking for civilian oversight, are you willing to give an inch? That's, I think that's where it comes down to. We have a bunch of callers who are interested in joining this conversation. I'm going to take a few of them here. Let's, let's hear from Ron, who's calling from Ferguson. Um, Ron, hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Good afternoon. Hey, uh, the first thing I would like to say, how effective was it in Baltimore? I'm amazed that people would have some concerns about privacy when you had 800 murders in Chicago, 300 in St. Louis, 500 in Baltimore, I would say any system that would help reduce those numbers would be helpful. And that's just on the tip of the iceberg. I think you would reduce police interaction. And theoretically, you don't need anybody's permission to collect data from the, from, from, from the uh, airspace. Well, Ron, th- thank you for those points. And, and Ron raises a great question. Rebecca, can they point to statistics showing that this has reduced crime in Baltimore? Yeah, that's a great, great question. Um, so they're waiting on a study that would would, would be funded by the folks who are, are funding the pilot program. Um, so there was some initial um, statistics that Ross McNutt presented at the hearing that showed that it did decrease crime. Um, the ACLU pushed back during the hearing as well, saying that, you know, those were preliminary uh, statistics and the police had caveated that you needed um, to, you know, not take them as firm statistics. But um, you know, the one thing about um, the, the efficiency is it's not just having spy planes up in the planes. You, it connects to our real-time crime center, which has cameras on the ground. All over um, the city. All over the city. So, so persistent surveillance systems would have access to all of our cameras, which which include 539 video cameras that the city owns, but also 566 privately 
owned cameras for places like the Central West End and downtown business districts. And one of the reasons why Baltimore did not want to continue um, was because the mayor, Brandon Scott, said there wasn't enough cameras on the ground to connect into to actually make the, um, the program efficient. Um, he said that the city hasn't invested to the point where they would, where it would actually pay off. Um, and, and, and if I can say, I, um, as part of a investigation with St. Louis American and type investigations that we did in October, 2019, we actually mapped where all of the homicides occurred and where all of the cameras are in St. Louis city. And it shows you that the cameras currently are not where, the um, homicides are, are occurring. They're in the business districts. So I think we would have a similar concern as they had in Baltimore, a similar challenge. Interesting. Let's go back to the phone lines. Jerry is calling from Baldwin. Um, Jerry, hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Well, hello, thanks for taking my call. I just have a few comments about the nature of the technology in general. Uh, philosophically, it is seems like it's definitely a violation of privacy since even though the crimes are committed in public areas, there's also people not committing crimes in public areas. So I'm not looking forward to a Judge Dredd, uh, Blade Runner sort of minority report technology taking over this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Certainly, uh, you know, want to get crime down, but I think a better thing would be help is community incentives. Gee, if you see something, say something, but maybe that hasn't worked. And then yeah, uh, thank you for that, Jerry. And I know there's been some push to try to to get more people to call Crime Stoppers, and and people have not been willing to do that at this point in St. Louis. Um, but Jerry has some real concerns here. And and Rebecca, as you mentioned, a ton of people spoke at this meeting with with concerns. Twenty four people. Um, it seems though that this thing could be on the fast track. I know you're very familiar with the Board of Aldermen. What happens now that it's made it out of committee? Well, it goes to the full board, and I guess it just depends on how much support there is there. Um, They could do all kinds of things to spend the rules, to push it quickly, and there's also a provision in the bill that um, it's an emergency uh, clause that would make it act a little bit quicker um, to get this off the ground quicker if they could get a funder. So, um, yeah, I think it it just really depends to see um, who outside of, of... the opponents that spoke, there were several aldermen who called in or who were listening in, I guess, to the Zoom and spoke um, in opposition. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. We'll so this, theoretically, this could move forward even before we have a new mayor. If there is support on the board of aldermen, they could sign off on this deal and the new mayor's hands might be tied on this. Is that That's right? Okay. That's right. Well, there is so much here, um, and I know we're going to stay on this story. And Rebecca, I know you're going to stay on this story, too. So I hope we can have you back to talk more about this proposal as it continues to be under discussion in St. Louis. Thank you for joining us today. All right. Thanks for having me. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you.